the biggest sports stories of the week. I feel like you might be there too, and a lot of people might be there when it comes to it's the right time to see what Jordan Love has to offer and make a move. And I'm so far from there still. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite teams. Jason, I feel like it's one of those movies where, like, people know the future of, like, how they're going to die and, like, they're doing everything to try to not do that. That's how I feel like this whole thing has been for 15 years. This is Sunday Karma. Your uh, sports fandom has set you up like that once you put your heart into something, it gets crushed. Yeah. So that's why you're uh, emotionally unavailable. I just saved you a lot of therapy. I hope my lady friend is listening to this. Baby, that's there it is. Craig has helped solve all my problems. It's not Uh, my fault. Broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue. Here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Karma. Good morning, Wisconsin. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Craig. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Welcome to a Super Bowl Sunday edition of Sunday Karma. I did this show a hundred times from Radio Row out at the Super Bowl, but... I'm coming to you live from the Gruber Office's One Call That's All studios today in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Did you do Radio Row last year? You didn't do the show no, last I haven't year on done, Sunday. I haven't done Radio Row in like a minute. I feel like you weren't here last year on Super Bowl Sunday. Really? You were in Los Angeles, weren't you, for the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, it was the Rams. Yeah. I don't know. Did we do No, no, no. Wait, did you not go? No, I, I went to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl, but then I'm pretty sure... Harper had a dance competition. Okay. So I flew back to Chicago yeah. and went to a dance competition in Chicago. You were still remote, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I did. Oh, did I do the show from the studio? I, I feel like you might have done it. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? That- I'm, I'm shocked that you don't remember. You've been to so many uh, cool events that you don't recall whether or not 100% whether you were at the Super Bowl or no, not. No, no, no. That's I not normal. I, no. I, was I at the Super Bowl? Well, because last year I went to the NFC Championship, which was at the same, you know, was which was also at SoFi Stadium. So I was at that game when the Rams beat the Niners. And then I was at home watching the Super Bowl. I know I was at home watching the Super Bowl. Um, Glad we can clarify that yes, where you were. Yes, exactly. Where in the world is Craig? Very important. Uh, I was in L.A. this week, though, watching uh, the 10-game winning streak. Milwaukee Bucks get it done in what was a pretty interesting week for the NBA. I know we always have to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but real quick. Woo! How you feeling about what happened in the association this week? With the Bucks making a deal, I believe maybe one or two other trades may have happened, but I know the most important one was a man who shares your haircut coming back to Milwaukee. Yeah, they just keep saying the NBA scriptwriters got it right this time around, huh? Just a nice script that was written for the NBA trade deadline. But yeah, it that was great. I'm glad we were able to get Drake Crowder on the Milwaukee Bucks. But just the whole trade deadline was something spectacular, Craig. We saw the Huge names, huge names get moved. Kevin Durant, yes, probably the biggest, right? You yeah, have to say by far uh, in terms of both name and impact with his deal from the East to the West, which is kind of funny, right? Because the Bucks were thinking about we need Jay Crowder because we need to cover Jason Tatum, we need him to cover Kevin Durant in mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference playoffs. 
So they were thinking they needed Jay Crowder to cover Kevin Durant on the Nets. They end up trading with the Nets to get Jay Crowder, right? Because he ends up getting traded to from the Suns to the Nets. Blessing in disguise for the Bucks. And then the Nets, you know, so so all sorts of deals that were going on, um, you know, are you know, with with Durant and TJ Warren going uh to the Suns, which I think TJ Warren is a uh, really nice player for them as well, which could be interesting. So that's a big deal. I, I watched the Nets yesterday. They're still good. They're they're still gonna be all right. But they're but they're no longer a threat. Because the the threat of having Kyrie and KD always scares you, regardless of the fact that they have zero, I mean, legitimately, zero results as a duo together. The threat of two all-stars, perennial Hall, going to be Hall of Famers. zero results, but like... No, there's zero results, Craig. They they have no titles. They didn't go there to go to the... the, I know, but what I'm saying is, I think we all recognize how easily that could have been different, right? Yeah, but th- th- a lot of things could happen differently. I, I pick a couple Powerball numbers different. I may not be here today. And so I understand he might have been a centimeter away from potentially going to the Eastern Conference Finals. but but Which, which I think we believe, like the Bucks, had the Nets done that, they are likely, in that scenario, NBA champions. Th- they may be, but they never accomplished it. So they have zero to show for it, Craig. They have more drama off the court than they have actually success on the court. I absolutely. I mean, not even close. James Harden was on that team. Right. He sat out and got fat in Houston to get traded there. Right. And, and then, then once he was there, he left recognizing that things were not the way he wanted them there either. And he, the fact that within a year of him asking out that both Durant and Kyrie ended up doing the same Durant first time they didn't trade him when he wanted out second time they did is wild. Right. So now after all of this, do you still look and say, all right, the Celtics are still the favorites in the NBA, or do you say the Suns are, or do you look in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and say your Milwaukee Bucks are the favorites to win the NBA Finals? The script is not final yet, Craig, because we still have the NBA buyout or the player buyouts, which is a whole new aspect that you throw into this post-NBA trade deadline because the rosters are not final. There's some talented individuals that will still get shifted around. But you have to say, you look at this roster, when the Celtics beat the Bucs barely, I'll say barely last year, the Bucs did not have a healthy Chris Middleton. A Chris Middleton that's really starting to play a lot better as he's getting Well, and you're saying barely beat the Bucs when the Celtics blew the Bucs out in Game 7. But remember, remember, the Bucs had Game 6 at home as a closeout game. So like the Bucs... A game that they absolutely could have won at home, game six. So I'm I agree with you, right? That the Bucks were right there without Chris Middleton. So why wouldn't they have a great chance to win this year? Now Celtics added Malcolm Brogdon, who uh, you know you're talking about script writing. That's an interesting script, like Malcolm Brogdon coming back to play against uh, the squad that uh, he started his career with and won a Rookie of the Year with in the Milwaukee Bucks. So I, I mean that is really. Interesting. And and everyone's sleeping on the Sixers. I'm not sleeping on the Sixers. I really do think there's three teams in the East that uh, absolutely have a great chance to come out. I haven't seen enough of the Sixers this year to really know. I know Joel's playing well. I have no idea if James Harden is, you know. He's playing great. He's playing, he's playing great and consistent. So, yeah. I mean, the Sixers obviously do have a chance. How is their number three playing? I mean, 
I, I don't know if it's, you're saying Maxi or Tobias. Yeah, Harris, it, because it must be Tobias or because is Tyrese Maxi playing that well. Yeah, Max, be. Maxi's playing great. Tobias Harris. So is playing should great. I be concerned about the 76ers? I would be concerned about the 76ers. Okay, well there there it is. I guess I should be concerned about the 76ers. Yeah, they they have a you know, they they have that feel of like the team that like something always is going to go wrong for them and they're not going to do it, but like well, I feel Joel like Joel gets exhausted. He's always out of shape. But don't you think people would have said that about the Bucks before they got it done? Like, oh yeah, they they can do it in the regular season, but they can't get over the hump nah, and all that. Those, those Bucks teams, because remember they got it got shut off because of what happened with the pandemic, and those Bucks teams, it just feels like they were almost there. They yeah. were, you know, they they needed an extra piece, and they went and got that piece in Drew Holiday. And ever since then, I mean, granted, again, we did not win the title last year, but we were missing Chris Middleton, who was an All Star player, an Olympic gold medalist. We were missing that key piece in the playoff run last year. So I think the Bucks are right there, and they gotten better. Yeah, and then uh, in the West, you have Denver, who's the one seed who got a lot better because they were uh, they're really bad when uh, Jokic would be off the court, and they got a backup center now. So now. Uh, they got the guy from LA, Bryant, Thomas Bryant. So they're they they're now better there. Um, but I think everyone's looking at Phoenix, right? I see, uh, here's here's my thing about Phoenix. I think they are very talented. But to make a trade in the middle of the season for somebody for a team that has had chemistry issues, they um, you, DeAndre Aiden was alienated from that squad, and there's some issues between him and Monty. Wood. There are some internal issues that Kevin Durant is not going to come in and bring leadership. Mm, I, I, you you think you think I see. Kevin Durant, I'm not saying he's going to bring leadership through his through anything verbal, but I think you have Chris Paul, who's an incredible leader. He is. I, I'll put him against anybody else as a leader in the NBA. And then when you got a guy like Durant, who's going to show people just the way to love ball and play ball, like they're going to chemistry. You you it takes time to come together. That's I don't, all. I don't all know if it does. All you, when you have I, Kevin Durant, I I I, I agree no, with no. you in almost every other scenario. When you have Kevin Durant, like teams with Kevin Durant just roll off like 12 out of 13 wins. Like no, it's nothing. No, they'll be able to win. But what I'm saying You're is— You're saying in the postseason, it, it, in a uh, tough spot? Yes. What I'm, they, they have not had time to build up any chemistry. And I do not see Kevin Durant as somebody that you can just trade midseason and think that all of a sudden you're going to solve your wolves. That you're, the Suns have struggled. And then on top of that, they sent out some solid pieces. Like this team is not like they just sent out nobody. They sent out some solid pieces. Uh, Mikael Bridges was a, a solid defender, and he was, you know, he could score offensively as well. They— and then I believe they traded Cam Johnson too, didn't they? Oh yeah. So they they lost integral pieces to their team, and so I'm just saying, as you kind of look forward for the rest of this season, I don't expect the Suns to all of a sudden turn it on and be like the front runner in the West only because they got Kevin Durant. They're going to be in the argument on the conversation, I should say, but I don't see them as the front runner. But I guess I have to see how these games go. But I definitely don't see Kevin Durant being the guy that all of a sudden this team is a. They're going from a. Well, they're five. They're not even top four seed in the West. They're struggling right now. Yeah, but they're they're like one game out. I mean, they're like one game out of the three. Like it's it's oh, so it, is that close? It's so bunched up in the West. Um, like the Lakers are like five games out of the three seed, and they're like the thirteen seed, and they're terrible. So I mean, right now Phoenix is sitting two games back of Sacramento, who's number three. So you are saying they can't catch Sacramento? No, who's they, number three. I mean, they potentially can. I just again, when it comes down to it. Talent does does not always win out. That's all yep. I'm saying. It does not always win out. And I think with the chemistry issues that they had in Phoenix this year, they I don't believe they should be the front runner just purely based. And off so the everybody's assignment today because uh, we we never spend this first segment talking about the NBA in the regular season. This is very rare. 
Everyone's assignment is today to watch the Grizzlies take on the Celtics. It's a 1 o'clock game on ABC. So everybody watch that at 1 o'clock today. It's your appetizer for the Super Bowl. You ain't got nothing else going on so that you can be ready for Tuesday night, TNT, 6.30, Pfizer Forum, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. If the um, if the Celtics lose today, you know, which is absolutely possible, right, against the Grizzlies, um, they are favored, but it's absolutely possible. They and the Bucks will have the same amount of losses. They will both have 17 losses, which would be, uh, as of now, um, the least in the NBA. That so. sounds exciting. Can I? I don't know if you can answer this question or not. Now, are you go? You going? No, I'm not going. I don't have. I don't have Tuesday tickets. night. I don't have. I don't have season tickets anymore. Oh, someone jumped off the bandwagon. I, 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 well, they don't know, win the championship. I know affordability is a real thing. You know, yeah, I had yeah. to do some other investments. Yeah, I had to move yeah. some money around here. Yeah. Um, but for buyouts, do you expect the Milwaukee Bucks to be active when it comes to buyouts? I know there's some names like Will Barton, Delane Ded- Deadman, um, Reggie Jackson, some guys' names out there. Patrick Beverly, maybe. Are there some names that we should be uh, thinking about or listening to? I certainly won't talk about any names, but I would say absolutely. I think there's two roster spots that the Bucks have. Purposely, I, right. My understanding yep. of how the roster looks. And uh, I would say that in the buyout market, as you said, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really interesting players. And I think the Bucks are going to take a hard look at some guys in the buyout market. So my question for you is, do you, the Bucks need help maybe at in the front court or they need help in the back court? Are we looking at a guard? Like what do, what do you think the Bucks need to solidify? Because the Bucks have the pieces. So right here's now. the one thing I'll say from being yeah. out there. Yes. Bobby Portis. He wanted to be playing like a week ago. I'm sure. Bobby Fortis is, I mean, he is, he is exact, like fans love Bobby Fortis because they feel like they know Bobby Fortis and they're actually right. They are actually right. Like Bobby Fortis wants to play like the day after he tore his MCL and like I saw him working out and then I talked to him. I was like, Bobby, can I ask you one thing? Just please don't lie. Yeah, it's no rush. No need to rush. He's like, I know, no rush, right? And I was like, like after the All Star break, it's cool. Just chill, because like you know, you know he's just like the guy. He's that guy, right? Who just wants to come back and play. That like where everyone else is like, oh, we're sick of these NBA players, load management, all that. Bobby don't know about load management. No, right? Bobby was Bobby was upset during the twenty twenty one championship run in the series against the the Nets. He was upset that he wasn't playing. No, Bobby was. I know, but but the opposite though. I'll say I'll give him all the credit in the world. You never heard a peep. You didn't hear a peep, but he he wanted to be out there. Right, and he look wanted at, to be and out Bob, there. People forget like what you brought up. Bobby Portis didn't literally didn't get off the bench in some of those games, and then he was starting in the Hawks series. He was starring in the NBA Finals. You know, we don't win. Any, I mean, that's no, why people love not. Bobby because not only is he gutty, gritty, tough, all that, but he also when he was out of the rotation. Did not say a word publicly, right? He did. He did not. He did not. All the respect to Bobby, and uh, that's why he's the underdog. And, and I'm just telling you, people should love him as much as they do. Well, I do love me some Bobby P, and I love the fact that we got another guy in Jay Crowder. Who, again, we got some time left for people to get healthy, get rest, some dogs, to, yeah, some dogs Jay to get like, acclimated, like, like yeah, uh, yeah, like you put Grayson Allen. Is he a dog like uh, that? Grayson a dog. He'll trip you in a second. <laughs> yeah, we don't play that. Yeah, Let's we stick that toe out. There, there are some dogs, um, and so it's exciting. Tuesday night, Bucks and Celtics potentially 
for the best record in the NBA. Now, the other thing is, last quickie on this, and then we'll get to Aaron Rodgers, people would say, like, well, why does it even matter? Like, why does the regular season matter that much? And I think it kind of, you look back, and the Bucks got fortunate, right, that the Atlanta Hawks uh, had won. They were tough, but, you know, they, they had a little easier matchup than they would have had had the Sixers beaten the Hawks. And you look at this year, and you have three teams in the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers who seem to be the elite of the elite. You know, the Cavs are, are a great team. The Knicks uh, have done some good things with the addition of Josh Hart. The Miami Heat uh, are proven. But I really look at those three teams as different than the rest. So if you're the Celtics, Sixers, and Bucks, you really want the one seed because you only want to have to beat one of them. You don't want to have to beat two of them to go to the finals. So if you get that one seed, you have, you have that 4-5 matchup, which could be the Cavs, could be the Knicks, could be the Heat, could be, you know, the Hawks if they make a run. Who knows? You know, you'd rather have that as your conference semifinals than have to play either the Bucks, Sixers, or Celtics, which that 2-3 matchup is going to be. So that game Tuesday night's a big game going into the All-Star break. Uh, and remember, the All-Star break is not the midway point. We're about like two-thirds of the way through the season once the All-Star break happens in the NBA. So it should be an amazing, amazing run uh, you know, to the postseason and then hopefully in the postseason for the Bucs uh, again this year. No uh, news off the court for the Bucks this week beyond the trade deadline. I saw no reports around anything around ownership or anything like that. So we will talk about Aaron Rodgers when we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Craig Carmenson on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Welcome to the, back to the basketball show with uh, Kyle and Craig. We're just talking all hoops today. Evan Cohen is rolling in, over in his grave somewhere. Um, so, uh, by the way, speaking of which, Jay-Z was out in uh, L.A. Why did LeBron do that to us? Why did LeBron do what to Oh, not play? No, why do you have to uh, break the record not against the Bucks? I thought, you know, he's going to be looking out for Kareem, trying to do it against the Bucks because of the Kareem legacy. And then he shows up to uh, the Oklahoma City game with uh, wearing all black. Jay-Z's in the crowd. He's wearing Beats headphones with the record on him. And I was like, oh, I guess LeBron's breaking the record tonight. Yeah. You don't have Jay-Z coming to the game and you don't wear headphones with the record on it. If you if you're not planning to score 36 that night and break the record, yeah, no, LeBron was out there. He was balling. He was balling. His team lost, but he was balling. That was uh, it was good for the Bucks as the Bucks missed both LeBron and Kawhi Leonard on that LA trip. So, so LeBron just he was what uh, he was tired. His foot is it really a foot injury? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, he's I hurt. Little, oh, is he? Is he? I mean, yeah, he's. I mean, you think about his age and what he's been doing to basically get to that record, playing through things while Anthony Davis was out injured, um, you know, he uh, he needed a little break, um, which uh, now he uh, he got. He there's I guess he's 50-50 to play uh, tomorrow night, but he didn't play last night against Golden State either. So it was a real – it's a real injury, man. He's uh, he, he toughed it out and, uh, okay. and made it through yeah. to uh, break the record, which congratulations. That is insane. It is. It is incredible. He may not be the greatest of all time, but he is one of the greatest of all time. He, he is. is. He's, he may not be the – 
greatest basketball player of all time, but he's had the best basketball career uh, in terms of, as I said, spanning 20 years. No one, no one, I mean, and Kareem's close. Kareem's right there with him. But what he's done over 20 years, you know, being in the top four now and assists in the history of the NBA is absolutely incredible. By the way, Giannis, as crazy as it sounds, boy averages 30 points a game for the next 11 years. Um, now he'll get to where LeBron is now, but I don't know what else uh, LeBron's going to do over the next few years. Yeah, no, he, nobody is ever. And you can mark this down, and we can. Well, I can mark this down, and we can play this fifty years from now. What LeBron has done, we will not see ever again because LeBron did it from day one. I mean, he stepped. There's nobody else that's going to step foot in the NBA and do what LeBron did for twenty plus years. I mean, it's we'll never see the record that LeBron sets. We'll never see that broken. But it's crazy though, because LeBron wasn't even known as a scorer, right? Like I think. That was like the knock on LeBron that he wasn't aggressive enough. That he was looking to pass. That oh, he's all he that could score at will if he wanted. He to. could, right? But he, but that was the knock. Like, oh, he's giving up the ball too much, and and he is such a willing passer, which is uh, which is such a part of his greatness. As is everything he's done, you know, in terms of building a school, and you know, and so it's just so much impact that he's made in so many different ways. All right, we said it. We'll get to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the the talks are continuing to uh, continue around Aaron, including. I think things coming from New York and New Jersey, not as much uh, coming from uh, Green Bay, right? I mean, since the Adam Schefter report, I don't think we're hearing anything originating from the Packers. But I think there are more and more teams that are going to be interested. And when you have a play like, player like Aaron Rodgers and when you have most of the league you know, dying for a quarterback that they feel like can be the difference, of course there's going to be talk. But I am... As each day goes by, I'm thinking more and more that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers this year. Really? Yes. Really? Well, come on now, Craig. What? What? He hasn't even done his little darkness trip yet, and you're already saying that he's going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers yeah, this year. I, I actually did my I, – I meditate. I do transcendental meditation, so it's only 22 minutes. And then I do another 22 minutes, ideally, if I can, twice a day. I, I rarely get it twice. Is that what you use that room upstairs for? I do occasionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not a nursing mother, so that, that's the only thing I would be using that room for. Oh, I thought it's a meditation. It room. is. It the, is. The, I'm saying nursing mothers? That's another thing you can use that room oh, for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's why we have a, a privacy room, you know? Different people have different needs. That's true. So I, when I came out of my meditation... I was pretty convinced Aaron's going to be like, you know what? I don't want to be Brett Favre. I want to be me. And there's something to doing it here the entire time. And where we got at the end of the year was better at the beginning. And if Goody can be aligned with me, we can do this thing. That's that's where I think this. Uh, that's where I think he comes out of those four days feeling. And you know who's going to give us some good insight into that is Jason Wildey. Well, let, let's let's pull up Jason now. Let's we'll we'll uh, continue as we continue. We are going to be joined by Jason Wildey, brought to us by Boucher Automotive, as we talk about what comes next with Aaron Rodgers. It is Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin, and the Wisconsin On Demand app. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Jason 
and Wildy is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Ah, oh, so close. Uh, in the first minute of action at the Etihad, uh, Aston Villa has a good shot, but it uh, is deflected and uh, corner kick ends up being nothing. And uh, we are tied at nil-nil. That's the big news. And uh, I told you there'd be some news around Bucks ownership. It's that Wes Eden's uh, squad is playing uh, Man City today. Nil-nil there. We go to Jason Wildey, who will uh, enlighten us on this Super Bowl Sunday. Good morning, Jason. You know, every Super Bowl Sunday now, I think of at, when I talk on on Sunday Karma or the football show before that, ever since the Packers played in Super Bowl 45, and I remember you and I on Radio Row the day of the game, and it was a ghost town. Like, we were in Dallas, and so it was tumbleweeds, but it was just no one else was there. It was such a hive of activity all week, and then it was just quiet. Nobody, no one at Radio Row on a Sunday. Um, See, I remember, and I am in the Gruber Lofts' one call that's all studios today. I'm not in uh, Scottsdale, but Jason, for me, the most memorable Sunday, and Kyle, I don't even know if you know this story, was I get a a call from uh, Chewy on my way to Radio Row, and he's like, I think I'm going to blast Brett. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I, uh, I got, I want to say he's just being selfish and he's not doing what's right. And he, this year and blah, blah, blah. And, and that was, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was on a Super Bowl Sunday that it was, is that right, Jason? Or is, oh, was that? No, no, no. That was at a, I, I think I was at a March Madness at an NCAA tournament. That's what the thing was. I knew I was at like a radio radio row too. Yeah, I was at a radio row because the timing didn't make sense on a Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a it was an empty Sunday when you said that, Jason. The empty Sunday. It was an empty Sunday at a radio row at the NCAA tournament where Mm. Chewy came out and blasted Brett for being selfish and saying it was hurting the team and all that, which I bring up because it segues into and and now Brett's suing him. uh, Yes, Brett is not suing him. Uh, and Aaron is not suing anybody yet, but I assume 15 years from now, Aaron will be suing someone because I noticed a trend here, Jason. Um, what, mm-hmm. what, you know, what is, what is your take as of now? What do you think the groundhog will find when he comes out from his 96 hour session? Cause I'm believing for some reason each day more and more that Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback for the Packers. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think my default setting has repeatedly been um, that it's more likely than ever that a trade would happen, but I still won't say that it's actually likely. And what I mean by that is, is that I just have a really hard time believing when it comes to that fateful moment, the decision time of being able to say, when Goody says, look, if you want to come back, we want you back. If you want to be traded, we'll make that happen too. I saw Ian Rappaport this morning as they do their Super Bowl coverage on NFL Network essentially said just that, which, again, those guys are under all kinds of pressure to come up with new angles. I saw 
uh, Mike Sando and the athletic talk to a bunch of executives. Uh, but every, every one of these reports is league sources believe or executives around the league believe because Goody's not putting himself out there. We've heard what Rogers has said publicly. I, I still, I am, I am going to agree with you, but I'm not as confident as I was say in the summer of 2021 when I thought when it comes down to it, he's not, he's going to cave. Oh, see, I thought in the walk away in. So draft day, 2021, right. That was the Cleveland draft the day when all that stuff came out. Right. Correct. Yes. That I thought he was gone like that day. Really? Yeah. Oh, I mean the Denver trade, the San Francisco tampering, like all the stuff that was going on then. I thought we were done, done. Cause I thought Aaron had dug in and he was so Aaron that he was not going to let anyone win in that kind of thing against him. And whereas mm. this doesn't feel like it's as like him against them. I feel like that's why I think there's. Yeah, but here's the difference though, Craig, that was, and, and the reason why I actually feel like it's more likely now than I did then is that the Packers were steadfast. And, and I did talk to Goody off the record during that time. And it was, we're not trading him. Jordan's not ready. We're not trading him. He can be pissed as he wants at us, but he still, we still think we have a Super Bowl contending team and we're not trading him. Now, obviously the 2021 season, um, Throughout the season, things improved, uh, and that's why coming back for this past season and signing the $150 million deal was a lot less dramatic than the previous offseason had been. But the Packers were adamant then. We're not trading them. And they, they, it would have taken the moon, the sun, and the stars to get them to change even considering doing it, and they just weren't. They, they knew that if they went to Jordan – Jordan wasn't ready. And quite frankly, I think they had some concern that if they went to him too early, that they would ruin him like other young quarterbacks have been ruined, and then they never become any good at all. And so I, I always had in my mind, and you can go back and listen on Wisconsin On Demand if we have some of those clips from way back then, I always believed that the Packers were going to hold firm, and if he was eventually going to get traded, it was going to be – heading into training camp, and I never thought that would happen either. Yeah, so now when you look at the possibilities and you look at, you know, a year ago, right, the, the Russell Wilson trade happens, and, I mean, I don't know. I, I just look at Aaron, the, the I mean, are the two, I mean, it's the Raiders and the Jets, right? Or is, I mean, but at, out of nowhere, there could be five others. Tennessee, maybe? Right. I mean, I'm saying, um, you know, I mean, are the 49ers – so So the interesting thing to me is would the Packers just say, like, hey, this team offers us the best deal, but we will not trade with this team? Like, do you think that could happen where they're willing to trade them but wouldn't trade them either in the conference or the division? I think it would have it, – it, for them to even consider that, which I don't think they would, it would have to be such a far and away blow-them-out-of-the-water offer. And here's the problem. I think Russell Wilson has ruined that. I think, and, and we'll see if Sean Payton can go in there and fix him. But I think the King's ransom that Denver paid and then the way that has played out, 
I personally believe, uh, based on maybe one or two conversations with other people in the league that I know pretty well, that it it ha- it will have a chilling effect on what you're willing to give up. Not not the Jets for some. Not, not, the, yeah, not for it, everyone. Exactly. Right. That's exactly what I was about to say. Not for everyone, but for some teams who might have gotten into it, they're going to say, "Boy, if 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 we do this, and we're wrong." like Denver appears to be wrong. We have put ourselves in a huge hole to try and climb out of. Because remember, not only did they give out a bunch of picks to get Russell Wilson, they paid him a bunch of money that makes him untradeable, uncuttable. Like they have really, that's why they had to hire someone like Sean Payton because, and if it works great, right? They, they bounce back. They've got a hall of fame ish quarterback. And they've got a guy who's gotten him back on track. But I, I really do believe that there has been a chilling effect because of how poorly that has gone. Yeah, we're not going to get a, spend our time on that ish and your you and Aaron's uh, passive hate for Russ. We won't we won't go there. We have too many important things to do <laughs> rather than worry about Jason's passive aggressive uh, hatred for a Wisconsin legend. So I don't hate him. Let's let's instead jump off of that because. Let's just say San Francisco, right? So, if the pa- would the Packers have more interest in Tyler in in uh, in Trey Lance or in um, or in Jimmy Garoppolo to be alongside Jordan Love? Because I think the Niners, you know, who who wanted Aaron last time, have Purdy, mm-hmm. who looks like a could be the guy. But if you could have Aaron for two years and have Purdy learn behind him. That seems like a pretty interesting scenario, right? So could sure. they trade one of those other two to the Packers? Which one would the Packers want along with some other, uh, you know, good stuff that the Packers would want? Yeah, I, I don't uh, – you're, you're absolutely right. There was certainly tampering that was never proven um, with the 49ers. I, I would argue that based on um, – the feelings that are there, the tampering that the Packers are 1,000% convinced occurred, uh, that it doesn't matter what they would offer. I don't think they would do it. Um, and maybe that's a mistake, but, I mean, the the friendship, and I, I still, Tausch was pointing this out, and, and I have not asked um, Matt LaFleur this off the record, but there was a thing before, I think it was before they, the Packers played Washington, um, where they did this like round table with McVeigh, Lafleur, Kyle Shanahan, and I, I knowing how angry Matt Lafleur was for what Kyle Shanahan tried to pull, I and I agree with how she was the one who brought it up first. I still can't believe that he sat down to do that. Like I, I was convinced he was never going to speak to Kyle Shanahan again. Or if you remember, after they beat him in San Francisco during the uh, 2021 season the blow by handshake where he didn't even look him in the eye. Like maybe they've made their piece now, but I still struggle to see them trade a team that has owned them in the postseason, a team that there's some bad feelings about a team that obviously was really, really good with a Mr. Irrelevant rookie at quarterback. Uh, I just, I can't, they seem to me to be the Vikings of the Favre trade that no matter what it looks like, they're just not going to do it. So, is there an A.J. Brown-type deal out there for the Packers? 
And the reason I bring that up is because let's say they were able to make that deal. And I know that was a draft day deal. So the idea that you could make that, you know, too early might not be realistic. But if you could make that type of deal, to me, it would send a pretty strong message both to Aaron Rodgers potentially and even if you end up trading Aaron Rodgers, then, you know, it it helps Jordan Love, right? Like, so is, sure. is that mm-hmm. the kind of move that could signal that this is a different Packers, right? That it's not going to be another year of Sammy Watkins. And is there that kind of deal out there? You know, I, it, there's first of all, part of the problem with this is that there is not the free agent class of wide receivers is horrendous. So if there are other teams that are in the market for acquiring a disgruntled of possibly available wide receiver, uh, there's going to be pretty strong competition, right? Because uh, you're not going to find that on a free agent market. Secondly, obviously the incredible irony of this is that you had that type of player and you traded him away. Um, And you did a great job of massaging the PR battle after the fact of Devontae didn't want to be here. But to me, the ultimate irony would be if the Packers now turned around and traded for DeAndre Hopkins after they lost Devontae Adams because they refused to pay him DeAndre Hopkins money. That would be such a colossal admission of failure. Uh, I, I, I don't even know how I would put that into words if that's what occurred. But yeah. I, I, beyond that, I don't know who else, you know, as I look at, like last off season, and again, this is what underscores how uh, incredible it was that the Packers did this with Devontae Adams, who, let's be honest, is better than A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has had an enormous impact on his team. There was a, it was a great juxtaposition. I wrote a story about it, and we talked about it on the show, of one team when they were playing Philly, when they were getting, going into the Philly game in late November, one team – traded for a number one receiver and look at the success they've had. The other team traded away its number one receiver and failed to replace him adequately and look at the struggles that they've had. Now you can argue again that the Tyreek Hill trade, obviously that not only improved the Dolphins, but obviously the Chiefs figured out a way to replace him effectively, which the Packers did not. But uh, that last offseason was the time that there appeared to be unhappy wide receivers. I mean, Jason, Amari Cooper had had a big salary, I understand, and and people were looking at him as a salary dump. But I think it was two fifth-round picks to get Amari Cooper. Um, And again, I don't pretend to know the NFL salary cap, but it seems like there's always guys out there, and sometimes... Keenan Allen, right. Yeah. Mike Williams. I mean, there's going to be those guys, no doubt. But my point is... So you don't think Keenan Allen would be like that kind of guy that would be like really exciting for, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love? He's had injury problems, right? He's struggled to stay healthy in the last couple of years. Really good player. Rodgers would love him. I think... I don't think they... I don't know if they overlapped that Cal. I don't think so, but he's a Cal guy. Um, he could be a the salary dump category. That's different than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about DK Metcalf, uh, Debo Samuel, um, Terry McLaurin. And the difference is 
and again, this is what I'm talking about, and, and Devontae, and I would tell Devontae this to his face, you're an honorable guy. You should have pretended you had a hamstring in training camp before the 21 season because then they would have been forced to pay you because that's what all those other guys did in 2022 last summer. The, all those guys got new deals from their existing teams. And Tausch got excited about each and all. Oh, well, maybe the Packers, after they traded Devontae Adams, maybe they can acquire this guy. But smart organizations don't trade away great wide receivers. They're too hard to find, no matter how much you may think the draft is full of them. And so my point is, is that I'm not sure that there's as many potentially, air quotes, disgruntled wide receivers that you could try to acquire from their teams. And frankly, I'm not sure those teams, after seeing, you know, what happens when you trade away Devontae Adams are going to say, yeah, we should trade our number one receiver. Well, but remember, they also, as many teams were closely, more closely looking at the Packers, but other teams are looking at the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and saying, I know there aren't a lot of Patrick Mahomes, but they're saying, hey, if you do it, you can do it. You just have to, like, you know, replenish around in a in an earnest way that right. I, I don't think any of us feel like the Packers did. All right, we'll talk a little about the Super Bowl and more on the Packers as we continue with Jason Wildy, brought to us by Boucher Automotive on Wisconsin On Demand and ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Jason Wilde is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Is that uh, Rihanna? Yeah, Rihanna all day today, baby, because of the Super Bowl halftime show. Going to be very entertaining. Jason, you excited for Rihanna? I am. I think uh, that's the latest I can get Paula and the girls to stay up on Super Bowl Sunday. They stay up for the halftime, and then they all go to bed. So, see, see, I think Harper, Harper said to me, she's like, oh, Rihanna's on the Super Bowl. I want to watch this halftime now. So she'll not want to watch the rest, but I think I'll try to leverage, like, hey, if you want to stay up, you can only stay up if you're watching the Super Bowl, like that kind of thing. Just, you know, kind of try to do that. They like the, in my house, they like the commercials. Yeah. So they don't care about the football, but they like the commercials and they like the halftime. That's for sure. Yeah. I I, I think we'll get some of that going in in our house as well, but I would also think I'll be ignored and uh, an iPad or something (laughs) else will be being watched. So Jason, uh, real quick on the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts, First guy in the history of the NFL to have a hundred quarterback rating and ten rushing touchdowns in a season, um, matched up against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, great quarterback matchup, great overall matchup. What's your gut of what happens today? Well, first of all, I I, I have to give a bunch of credit to Philly because there was a time I don't know if you felt this way, but you know, Wentz had been pretty good for them, right? Yep. Uh, then he gets hurt in that Super Bowl season and Foles wins the Super Bowl. Um, but they got rid of a coach who I think is a really good coach, right, in Doug Peterson. They changed their quarterback and they gave a second-round pick the opportunity to become what Jalen Hurts has become. 
Uh, and, and by the way, and and he didn't become it right away last year. Right. And Philly's Correct. a tough place. And last year, I said a hundred times, Kyle. Right. What I tell you about Jalen Hurts last year? Yeah, you had me pick him last year when I shouldn't have, and against the uh, Buccaneers. Yep, I told you Jalen Hurts is a, is a future MVP in this league, and uh, and they wow. they stayed with Jalen Hurts when I think most people wouldn't, and instead they actually put weapons around him, which is what Correct. he needed. You know, so. I'd continue to get on your bandwagon and giving them some credit. Yeah, so I thought they were, I thought they were ruining their their chances, and instead they ended up. I mean, and I was, I'll be honest, I was a doubter during parts of the season too this year, and I was just flat out wrong. Charles Woodson was way ahead of the curve, Um, and obviously I think the world of Charles, but he saw this when a lot of other people didn't, and so. I was way behind, but I have to give them a ton of credit. And and like you said, you know, when we were talking earlier about the wide receiver thing, I, I think there's a way, if you do move on from a number one receiver the way the Chiefs did, to augment that. And they did it both through better than just Sammy Watkins' veteran acquisition, and obviously they drafted Sky Moore. They, they have – I'm really intrigued by where that organization goes, regardless of what happens today, because – it seems to me that Brett Veach really knows what he's doing. And and I, I think Goody has done a few things. And if Aaron Rodgers gets traded next, and then they go into kind of a dark time, uh, no pun intended, um, it'll be really interesting to see how Goody is viewed. Because there was a time in Tennessee where John Robinson was considered, much like Goody, to be uh, up-and-coming, really good, smart, aggressive GM and obviously Amy Strunk fired him uh, midseason, and they're in a different mode down there in, in Tennessee. So as Tausch always loves to say, the league comes at you quick. It'll be interesting to see how the Packers move forward because we've seen two teams do two different things and both end up playing today. Well, and if you – I mean, we started the show today talking about the NBA trade deadline. On some levels, if you end up trading Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of like the Nets, right. right? Like you end up trading. That's exactly what it's like. You know, you have all these guys and then you you trade them. And sure, Christian Watson looks good, but I don't think anyone's, I mean, are the Packers, even if they get good stuff back for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I assume they're picked to come in third, right, in the in the division this year? Right, and and on top of that, how effectively do they utilize what they get back for them, right? I mean, draft picks are great until you use them poorly. And, you know, I I like Darnell Savage. I think he was miscast, but there's a first-round pick who hasn't panned out. Obviously, Rashawn Gary's been pretty good, but now he's coming back from an ACL, and we've seen ACL issues for other players. So you, you not only have to get, uh, as much of a king's ransom back as you can, you also have to make sure that you don't flub the picks. I don't know how good Devontae Wyatt's going to be. It would seem that, for example, Quay Walker is going to be a good inside linebacker. Is he going to be a field-tilting inside linebacker like we've seen in Tampa or like we've seen in San Francisco? I'm not ready to go that far with him. So you, you not only have to get all those assets back when you trade someone away of Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers caliber. You also have to make sure that you execute the picks effectively. And, and I think there's a reason to be questioning whether Goody would do that or not. And that they can uh, stay on the field and not uh, push people who are not playing in the games, Um, which I'm a Quay Walker guy. I'm not close to him, Jason. And I I know you've been away from the locker room for, 
you know, a while, but this year you guys were back more. Um, you know, you talked about his kind of accountability, like, mm-hmm. you know, we like Quay Walker, right? We do. I do. Okay, good. Um, I, I don't think he's a bad kid at all. I think he, you know, there's no doubt that you have to be better at uh, harnessing your emotions, but that's easy for me to say, right? Yeah. Cause I'm not in the thick of it. Um, but I, I would say this, I, I think he's talented. Um, he didn't have a ton of production in terms of playmaking coming out of Georgia. He obviously had a couple of plays that he made. He also can rush off the edge. So there is definitely talent there, whether it's enough talent though, where you'll look back on that trade and go, Hey, yeah, I wish we would have had Devonte Adams on a roster, but look what Quay Walker has become. I'm still not convinced he's going to be that good that you're going to be able to look at it through that lens. Yep. You were saying he is not Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's what you're saying, Jason, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that's what I'm saying, no. Um, percentage chance that, uh, Kyle, percentage chance that uh, Jason would know who Shea Gilgis Alexander was traded for. Before Jason guesses, what do you think? Uh, probably 10% or less. That's definitely less. Oh, Definitely. I thought you were going to shock so the I'm world. Like, all right, um, Jason, last quickie on on all of this. You know, the we didn't talk about the four day retreat and all that. Um, you know, I'm into stuff like that. I, I I I'm into the transcendental meditation. I like clearing your mind and making a decision. Um, Aaron has said he is going to tell the Packers before he tells any radio show. Um, I mean, this mm-hmm. process like seems okay, right? He's deciding what he wants and then he's going to do it. I mean, the only thing is he didn't need to let us all know the process, but if he didn't, I feel like everyone would be mad they didn't know the process. So I'm kind of okay with where we are. How, how are you feeling? So, and, and again, I, I talked about this on our show, and, and my kind of rule with him is that I, I'm okay sharing what I say to him. I'm not going to share what he says back. But I, I did. I will admit that last Tuesday, uh, after watching him on McAfee and then reaching out to some folks that I know at UW Health and at the Medical College of Wisconsin and talking to them. Um, there's not a ton of research that, and, I, I, and as I said to him, I understand this is the medical establishment and not the um, holistic kind of alternative medicines that you have an interest in, but there are some reservations about that length of time of, of sensory deprivation. And that I understand that anecdotally his friends who've done this have told him that it was really good for them. Um, You know, does he have friends that can say, you know what, I did that and it was a huge mistake? I don't know. But I I did express to him that I was a little worried about him. Um, And he responded and we kind of went back and forth briefly. And I would just say this. I understand he thoroughly believes in this. If this process is something you know, whether it's Panchakarma, whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's darkness retreats, if he feels like these are effective for him, this is his life. He gets to do that. Uh, I hope that uh, all the fail, all, all the safety precautions that are in place are effective because I, I did not come away from some of my other conversations feeling super confident that this is a, a, a completely healthy and safe thing to enter into. I, and I said, as I said to him, Look, I also talked to people who said, look, ayahuasca for people with PTSD has shown incredible effectiveness. So I'm not coming at you from, oh, I only think in terms of the medical establishment. But 
I hope that this gets him to the place that he wants to get. To your point that you just made, though, I do think there's a way to discuss your process without the specificity that has now led to him, you know, being, uh, you know, and, and again, I know he doesn't care or says he doesn't care, but um, I don't love it when he becomes a punchline for some folks. And so um, I hope it works for him. Uh, I do believe that this is only going to be half the discussion though. Um, I believe he's going to come out of this after the Super Bowl here, whenever the four day retreat is, and he's going to say, I'm going to play next year. And now I have to figure out, and the Packers have to figure out what kind of team they want to put together and whether they want me to be a part of it and whether I want to be a part of it. So I think we're going to get halfway to knowing what the future holds, but I do not believe we are anywhere close to knowing where he's going to be playing football next year. Jason Wildey bringing it all. Appreciate it, including the medical research that Jason brings. And by the way, I, I just do 22 minutes at a time. I don't do four days, so I think I'm good, right? Uh, I, I feel much uh, as someone that I care about. I am glad to hear that you uh, do it in moderation because four days is a really long time to be uh, sensory deprived. Yep. All right. There we have it. Jason says I'm okay to do my uh, transcendental meditation uh, today. <laughs> That's what you needed was me to tell you it's okay. <laughs> Wait. And so Jason, is he, he's not eating at all during those four days? Is it just like no, drinking no, water? No, there's a, there's apparently a slot where food is delivered. I don't know what's on the menu. I don't know. I assume it's, food that you eat with your hands because uh, if, if you're in the dark, it's got to be difficult to accurately cut and use utensils. So I, again, I did not, I did not want to ask specifics about a lot of things. He did say on McAfee that there's a bathroom, but that other people who have done this have used adult diapers. Um, so again, there are more details that I have not asked for, nor am I probably comfortable getting. I think I'd go almost like exclusively PB and J in that spot. Like, you know, I feel like it's just so easy. You could eat it with the hand. I feel like gets you a bunch of uh-huh. different nutrients and things in there. Not the healthiest, but, you know, I feel like that's a good, uh, good go-to if I was doing a four-day sensory uh, depriving, uh, you know, um, retreat. All right. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Be good. There he is, Jason Wildey, bringing it all to us. We will bring you the 7 at 11 as we continue. It is Sunday Karma on ESPN Wisconsin and Wisconsin On Demand. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.